so uh, let's start with family because I think yeah I always joke about this to people when I'm in front of an audience I say to them isn't it funny how the most negative people around us have exactly the same surname as us and most people pause <laughs> for a minute then they laugh and they they clock two and two you know brother sister uncle mother whatever but actually it's true and how they show up could be just simply a snidey little comment from a dad or a mum or a brother or a sister, even from our children. If you're a parent and you know, you've got grown children and they're reacting to something that you're doing because you're trying something new. Hello, this is Dr. Rowe and you're listening to the Growth Tribes podcast with Dr. Rowe and Harms. This is the podcast where two completely different generations tackle the most challenging topics that people are facing today. Above all else, the main reason that we chose to develop and record these podcasts is because we both have a passion for helping people go through life transformation, for improving their lives, for taking their lives to a completely different level. And it's our hope, our genuine, sincere hope that by the end of each of these episodes, you'll have gained at least one insight that you can take away and apply directly into your own life. Practical tools, voices that come in from both generations, the younger generation with tips and tools and the older generation with a sense of wisdom and experience so that you can help unlock your true potential to give the opportunity to make changes both on a personal, professional, financial and relationship level and to give you a chance to impact both your lives and the lives of other people around you. So we welcome you. Welcome to the Growth Tribes Podcast. Hello and welcome to another week on the Growth Tribes podcast. Today we're going to be answering the question, how to deal with negative people in your life. But before we jump into that, here's a short message. Hello and greetings, it's Dr. Rowe here. Now before we start the podcast, I'd like to invite you to join me on an incredible three-day event called Communicating with Impact. If you're wondering who this might be for, probably the best way to describe it is to ask you the question, are you a parent wanting to communicate more effectively with your children? Do you run a business and you want to attract more money into your business, more clients, increase your sales in your business? It might be that you're in a career and you want to climb the corporate ladder, be more effective as a communicator, get to senior levels, be able to ask for pay rises. It might be that you want to be a professional speaker, want to increase your skills on a stage, or possibly you're a coach. You might run a network marketing business and you want to attract more people into your business you actually may be a property investor wanting to attract more money from angel investors in fact if you're listening to this right now and you have any desire to improve your relationships with people on an intimate level personal level professional level or you want to simply increase your business your turnover and your ability to impact people more effectively then I do encourage you to join me because I've spent 30 years in front of hundreds of thousands of people and I've developed a system of 38 components which anyone can operate with anyone can apply no matter what your background It is a passionate, inspirational, motivational and information packed event where you learn how to engage people, how to grab their attention, how to get a message across quickly in any situation, whether it's one person or 10,000 people. So what do you do next? Go to www.drrow.tv forward slash CWI. Go have a look at the booking page there. Find out more about it and then get yourself registered and come and join myself and Harminder at the next CWI event. Dr. Rowe signing out. Okay, so now refocusing us back onto this question, how to deal with negative people in your life. 
And this is going to be an incredible episode. And it's a common topic that comes up again and again. If you look at the media right now and the pictures they are constantly painting, it's all about doom and gloom. So we're surrounded by this in the media, which then feels like it's influencing everybody around you. So it feels like everybody around you is negative. And actually, the thing I wanted to really connect with Ro and ask these questions is at the start of the year, you know, take yourself back to 2020. When you started the year, you had goals, you had ambitions. And many people around us start the year with these goals and ambitions with the conviction and the desire to go and make something happen, make a change happen in their life, whatever that is, whether it's business, financial change, whether it's to do with relationships, a new relationship, whatever that is. But by the time they get to the end of the first business quarter or the first quarter of the year, and as spring approaches, people feel like they want to give up, but it's not solely their fault. It's often because there's a lot of negative pressure around them, which has led them to a place that they just feel like this is not the right thing. I should be giving up. Now, Ro, before I pass this over to you and allow you to say hi to the listeners, you know, I spoke to you a couple of days ago and, you know, you was running an event and there was many people in that event who was also put off making a fantastic decision about their future because of the negative influences around them. And we're going to talk about who these are. Would you say that's a great way to introduce this question on how to deal with negative people? And are we on the right lines with the doom and gloom? Hi, everybody. Thank you again for tackling this subject, Harminder. This is a cracking subject. I think it's one that goes on through the generations and the decades and the years and the centuries. It shows up in a different way, a different world. And I think you're right. I mean, right now with everything that's happening, there's all sorts of conversations about viruses globally, American media, the economic crisis that is genuinely knocking on our door at the moment. It's, It's everywhere. And yes, you can go and look at Facebook and see lots of positive stuff, but equally you could go on Facebook and see lots of negative stuff as well. And I think if we bring it back closer to home, which is really what I think you're wanting to try and achieve with today's podcast, it's about dealing with negative people generally on a day-to-day basis and then how to manage that process. And if you develop a skill for it, you can really do it in any situation. And in fact, hopefully, those of you that are parents, it's an opportunity to teach your children how to do this. So if you feel up to letting them have a listen, maybe it would be good for them to understand that it's not something that's unusual because for children, particularly if they get it at school, even if it's from a teacher or from a friend, it can really knock their confidence moving forward so learning to master this skill at a young age harms i actually believe is a really powerful thing and most people don't know how to deal with that so i'm kind of opening this a bit broader today and saying if you've got kids and you feel comfortable i'll not use any heavy language on today's podcast because i think there's some really great tools that we're going to share today fantastic and i also like the fact that you're focusing down on you know negative people around you because at the end of the day if we look back at history when the telephone well actually let's go back in further when the light bulb was invented you know he got incredible amounts of negative feedback this is not going to work then it was the telephone then it was the radio then it was television then it was internet then it was social media at every single stage even in history at a macro level there was negativity around the even the advancement of the human race now if it can happen on that level and i don't want to discuss it at that level but i love the fact that you brought it down to a focused area which is people you know starting businesses children who are trying new things are all susceptible to negative influences yeah on that note as well i think the great 
fact that there's two voices here one at 54 one at just over 30 31 actually just turned so happy birthday by the way recently again for all the listeners but i think the you know a 20 year old facing a similar situation to a 30 year old facing a similar situation to a 50 year old to a 70 year old different voices different experiences different wisdoms different beliefs and how we experienced that situation at a specific point in time might dramatically it's like a fork in the road you can fork one way which is that you end up having a really negative association with it and that carries forward with you for years to come or another fork in the road which is actually wow this was amazing how i dealt with this and how i experienced it and how i came through it and for years to come you'll actually treat that situation completely differently just by that one turning point. So this is interesting to see how you see things differently to me or similarly to me, bearing in mind the same path that we're on as well. Absolutely. So let's refocus this now and start with a primary question, which is how do negative people show up in your life, over people's lives? And a secondary question to that is why do they behave in that way? So I think uh, let's start with how do people show up so people can think, oh, do I actually have negative people around me? I'm not quite sure. So if we explain how they show up. Somebody might say, oh, goodness, I did not realize that that was a negative person around me. I just yeah, thought yeah, that yeah. was the norm. OK, so, so what, how, I, how would you say they show up? Let me throw out some headlines. And if I talk to some, you could talk to another. So, for example, if I said family, friends, workspace, social media, general media. If we kind of pick those as headlines, then maybe yeah. I'll jump in and say a couple. You can say a couple as well, if you like. So uh, let's start with family, because I think, yeah, I always joke about this to people when I'm in front of an audience. I say to them, isn't it funny how the most negative people around us have exactly the same surname as us? And most people pause <laughs> for a minute, then they laugh and they, they clock two and two, you know, brother, sister, uncle, mother, whatever. But actually, it's true. And how they show up could be just simply a snidey little comment from a dad or a mum or a brother or a sister, even from our children. If you're a parent and you know, you've got grown children and they're reacting to something that you're doing because you're trying something new. So it's typically somebody coming to the table with, oh, you shouldn't do this. What are you crazy? When I signed up for property courses many, many years ago, I think we invested 20, in, I'll give it to you in pounds, even if you're listening to this overseas, 23, 24,000 pounds. I was 35 years of age. And I had people in my family literally think I was crazy. It was an American company in the UK. So we thought we'd been, you know, people thought we'd been ripped off. I didn't genuinely know if my investment was going to pay off. I believed it would. And that's all I needed to have enough conviction in my belief. But other people around me thought so I was nuts. Oh, you can go and put this money into property. Why do you need somebody to mentor you and coach you? There was a classic reaction. And I imagine there was a... That sounds so risky. So that's probably another phrase, you know, oh, that's that. Oh, that sounds risky. That sounds, oh, I don't think you're doing the right thing there. And I think that's very, very common in family. And, and it is snidey comments. And sometimes it's underhanded. Sometimes it's not sometimes what they say as well. It's how they respond or how they react to what you're saying. Because sometimes people don't voice their opinion, but they present what they feel all over their face. Exactly. And, and I don't know if you would agree with that as well. Yeah, 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 totally. And I see it particularly in front of an audience. Here's an example. I have 80 people this weekend. I'm in the north of England and I've got a real mixture of people. I've got those that are totally aspirational. And there wasn't that many this weekend, as I've seen sometimes in other audiences. Then there was a group of people who were semi-aspirational, but more cynical. And then those people that are just 
cynical or they're negative they just you know they didn't want to be there they were brought by a partner or they came but they had a really negative voice at home now typically that voice at home is a husband or wife typically but if they're younger it could be mum or dad and this is the classic example you know they get this one this weekend people go home and they speak to a friend or a mum or a brother or, or a family member or a partner and say i'm looking this is amazing i've learned about this i've learned about this i'm looking to do some education i believe there's courses they might be 10 15 20 000 pounds and the first reaction is what how much and this goes for anything anybody wants to try want to start a business yeah i'm talking to the bank manager and i've looked at the cost and it's going to cost me 45 50,000 if it's a franchise it could be 4 to 500,000 if it's a network marketing business it'll be a lower cost but then you've got a different reactions to that oh i've heard about that isn't that pyramid scheme so everybody's reaction is different and we'll come to the why in a minute but mm-hmm. the point is it's the reaction and that is the reaction that if it's strong enough can stop somebody in the track. So I'll see people go on a Friday, totally come away enthusiastic, go home that night and li- and you've seen this, they come in the next day and they're heavy. There's something about their energy. I can spot it straight away by their eyes, their facial gestures, just what you talked about, their reaction. They're even, they don't even realize this, but the psychology is so freaking powerful that they started on the Friday in the first three or four rows. And already by day two, they've moved to the middle or even to the back of the room. And that's where they stay all weekend. And yet in the same way, on a Friday, the ones that came in a little bit negative, but have come with a partner, and both of them go, this is amazing. They end up being in the front rows in the first few mm. days. And you've witnessed this. So people don't realize just how rapidly they, they react. Their emotional volatility is a good word to write down if you're making notes. Emotional volatility is the volatility of our emotional reaction to a situation. We can either emotionally go volatile in a positive way or volatile in a negative way. And Family and people that are closest to us are the ones that usually pee all over our dreams. And if we've got young people listening to this right now and you're aspirational and mum and dad or uncle, auntie, even a school teacher or somebody around you is telling you, you can't do this. That's ridiculous. Don't be stupid. Young people have no limitations to their dreams. And it's the fact that older people pee all over their dreams, tell them they can't do it, knock them back, stop them moving forward or bottle up those dreams that when they get to 20, 25 years of age, those same dreams have been shrunk down. So for our youngsters listening to this, have the conviction to see what you're doing and see it through. You know, don't be afraid from mum and dad saying no, give it a go because ultimately you're the only person that can prove them wrong or right. Sorry, I'm kind of getting onto my pedestal here a bit but we're only on part one of this does that make sense that makes sense and and i think the worst outcome there is that the family influence and it's quite easy for the family to influence you because that is your closest people so there's a natural trust and bond there and rightly so yeah but the worst case scenario there is and we do see it well is when somebody's 20 years old which is the saddest case or 30 or 40 or 50 and they no longer know how to dream. They no longer know how to feel aspirational or feel inspired. And that's the thing that really hurts me inside. When I see those people and it's like, there is no desire to dream beyond what they have. And that's quite scary as well. Exactly. And you know, think of a dream, if you're listening, think of a dream as this amazingly blazing fire. 
and somebody squirts water on it and that's negativity that first squirt usually if the fire is really blazing the compassion the you know the vision and the purpose is very strong it doesn't really have much effect but it only takes five ten people around you to start squirting water and it's amazing how over a period of time of just enough squirts of water the edge of that fire just starts to dwindle a bit because now the wood is wet and slowly that pervades into the core of the fire to the point and if you ever tried this you'll see in a fire it literally goes down to this like little burn that's going on there and sometimes it just takes one last glass of water or spray and it's out so it's it's very rarely a big splash of water occasionally it can be if somebody's really negative it's nearly always a compounding of negative 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 and having your dreams just eroded from those around you absolutely so let's talk about friends and work maybe we can combine those because they sometimes you have work colleagues who become friends but sometimes you have friends outside of work which are exclusively outside of work so we've we've covered family and how yeah if there's somebody listening at home they're like actually yeah that sounds like not all the family but maybe some members in the family who necessarily haven't felt that support from but they have felt the negativity so how do friends and you know colleagues that work, work colleagues yeah out? Yeah. That's, actually, it's a good way to look at it. So if you imagine a circle, everybody, you're in the middle and then around you, is there's, there's a circle. That's your immediate family around that circle. You know, outside the immediate family, you've got friends and work colleagues. And outside that, you've got, say, the media and the general public work, friends and work colleagues. It's typically when you're out with them, you've got an idea. The challenge now is and this is, the, you know, we'll come back to this a little bit later on. Anything that you do that's different is going to challenge other people's beliefs about the world that they live in. So friends and work colleagues, particularly work. I mean, you'll have experienced this when you started to move towards financial independence is what you're doing there is they're showing up by challenging what you're doing in a slightly different way with family it's really personal with friends it might be that they talk behind your back question you challenge what you're doing they even say to you you're crazy you're stupid and they'll say it in a slightly different way it won't be so personal it might be just they don't agree with you in the workplace it's like what are you doing man if you start yeah. trying to start a new business, but hold on, I thought you were climbing the corporate ladder here. What if the company finds out about that? Do you? Well, I've heard about this. This, this is a scam, isn't it? You trade in the stock market. Why would you want to trade the stock market? It's really risky at the moment, isn't it? You want to do an internet business. I mean, you've got such a great career here. You've got a degree. You've got yourself a master's. Companies seem to like you've got a great salary. Why would you want to go and start something else? It's like what you're really saying to them is, I want to be different, and they don't like that. So then you're questioning that. So they feel challenged. And we'll come back to that in just a minute. So another example of that, Rowan is when I was at work and I converted over to a plant-based diet, people thought I was nuts. They thought I wouldn't be able to cope with the work pressures. They thought I would lose energy, all sorts of assumptions that were created. And it was absolutely fascinating. And I even during that time thought I must be crazy for doing this because, you know, there's this constant feed of information which is saying, no, this plant-based diet is not going to be healthy for you. And this is well before it's now being publicized in the media that plant-based diets are way better for your health. Yeah, yeah. But it's so true. That- I remember 20 years ago, it's like, where are you going to get your protein from? And I said to people, well, hold on a minute. A gorilla eats greens. It doesn't eat meat. And it's a massive thing. And by the way, there's not that much protein in the meat that you're digesting because your body can't even digest it. And people would look at me with a blank face. So it's an immediate reaction to anything that's different, isn't it? Anything that's different. And I think that's the thing to be conscious of. If you approach somebody with anything that's different and it could be small as small as you're changing your diet although that seems to really affect people or something as large as you know you're changing career you're starting a business you're investing into education it can affect people sometimes in the same way regardless of how large the change is and i I think i've i often experience that and see that as well 
And I think, well, you've said you def- define it by a circle. So the outside of that circle then would be the media and external people from your family and your friends. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about the general media. You can talk about social media because that's definitely your key and your sort of your uh, specialist area. But general media is we know this. It's like. At the moment, there's a big virus going around the world and everybody has a different view on it. For example, as I'm talking now, statistically, what I'm reading is there's a lot more people that have died from or continue to die from other general illnesses such as flu, etc. than this particular virus. I'm not going to name it because it's probably not appropriate. But either way, it's like the media's perception of how they present it. Now, in reality, we don't know the facts, but we're only getting distorted facts. So my concern about media, when I say facts, I mean generally, not just about this one incident. But when you see things in the media, you'll often read something to start with. Everyone gives a negative reaction. A classic example is somebody who's a celebrity, you know, whether it's an actor or a football player or a tennis player or whoever it is, a musician. And something happens and it's all over the media. Negative press. This person's done this. They've cheated on this person. They said this. They said that. Then you'll read about a month later. Actually, it was a misquote. But the media's reaction is never supportive as a rule of thumb. And again, I'm probably going to get slammed by the media on this one. Maybe I need to caveat this and say media meaning general media coverage of certain subjects. And for a good percentage of the time when you read it, it's a shock title. And unfortunately, the shock title steers you towards something that's more negative. Very rarely do you see it in a positive way. And in fact, years ago, I don't know if I ever told you this, but years ago, there's a BBC presenter. And I think his name was Martin Lewis, but I could be wrong. And we're talking about maybe 25 years ago, 20, 25 years ago. He made a state. He was a BBC newsreader and he made a statement to say, I think the media and the news needs to be more positive. Why have we got so much negative news? on the news and on the media. And he got quite hit hard, actually, by his peers and by that industry to say, who are you to comment? You know, we're just reporting on information. He said, no, I understand that. But what about a balance between positive news and negative news? And if I think about most people I talk to, they don't go, oh, my gosh, have you heard so-and-so did this? Or have you heard so-and-so did this amazing thing over there? Have you heard about this new discovery? Have you heard about this amazing piece of science? No, what they do is, have you heard about this virus? Have you heard about President of the United States? Have you heard about this situation with the financial crisis in this country? Which is always shock, horror, slightly negative. So we tend to have been indoctrinated to react to and accept and absorb shock, slightly more negative news, even though later on there might be something more positive behind it. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but that's, and again, I'm not here to slam the media because I think the media serve an amazing purpose to also get inspirational messages out there. And actually, you know, I've been very privileged over the years to have some great experiences with radio and TV where they've been very positive and the newspapers as well. But often that's people seeking out a strong, positive story. And I think the average person tends to be steered by the negative shock stories and that's what gets them talking about this stuff in the workplace and of course that workplace mindset of fear then comes down to the conversation about you a media article that says property prices have dropped beware the property market is really shit and then you go to somebody i'm going to get into property and they say oh my gosh but have you read what the media is saying property is really bad harms why would you want to get into property so that's what i'm trying to get to it it's how how it pervades down onto a day-to-day basis And it's often typically just headline reading. So as we know that what attracts us is that bad news story. So imagine yourself driving down the motorway and you're like, why are things slowing down? So we are notorious for rubbernecking. We're notorious for, oh, what's happening over there? Oh, what's happening over there? So as a culture, we love and for some reason we thrive on this kind of information. But quite often it's headline reading. So it's 
taking that headline, taking it as gospel, and then negatively influencing your business, your goals, your strategy and saying, ah, that's not going to work because this paper said this about property without really understanding what the context or the content within that study, article, scientific report or paper is. And I think as well as the almost the national media as such, but you've got television shows such as Emmerdale, Coronation Street, EastEnders, and often the <laughs> plots and storylines, if you follow long enough, are they end in horrific things. And it's often quite negative and quite depressing to watch through that. And then that becomes a reflection on people and say, okay, that's actually how people live and how families operate how friends operate. So I think you're right, Rob, that is the media in a whole. And to add an addition to that is social media, which you mentioned. Now, social media is fascinating because in the past, it was very difficult for random strangers to have a discussion over headlines or certain articles or negative articles in the press. Now, what's changed in social media is complete strangers can have a direct dialogue in the comment section of a headline whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on YouTube, wherever that piece of content lives, LinkedIn, whatever, it could be on somebody's blog article. Some of the comments are ferocious and they come from a very dark place, I think, in humans where when, you know, if you look at the comment section on Bytelet is dead or Bytelet no longer works, headline, let's take that as an example. Now, the amount of different perceptions and arguments and I wouldn't even call it debate. Sometimes it's it feels like people are being quite hatred towards each other. In the comments is horrific. And I think now strangers are starting to be able to have that kind of conversation around one topic. There's positives to it, but also feel that that negative is spreading way, way quicker. And as a survey, you know, if you've ever read through the comment section of a Facebook post, I don't recommend it. I think it's a complete waste of time. But if you are curious to see which energy seems to be more powerful in different places, especially the media, have a read to the comments and you'll see what percentage of comments are negative and what percentage of comments are people saying, hang on a minute, let's look at this objectively or a positive message to keep it simple. I don't know if you've ever flicked through the comment section, Ro, but you know, have you experienced that social media negative comments against your posts or your content that you put out? I have, yeah. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, all I can accept is it's another person's perception of it. I mean, I don't know if you want to tackle this now. Maybe we can get into it as we go further in, but it, it will happen. And for those of you that are listening that are looking to get yourself out into social media to get a message out there, to be a messenger, actually, for good, i.e. whether you want to speak in front of audiences to share your story or to inspire other people, or whether it's you want to do it through radio, TV, a mechanism like this, which is podcasting, which is amazing. I'm thoroughly enjoying this experience. Experience, or whether it's through YouTube videos, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, you will, by the very fact that you're going out in front of hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of people, you cannot expect to get everybody agreeing with you and you will get people that don't agree with you. And that's where we'll come into this in a minute is the difference in beliefs. And it was Wayne Dyer that really reinforced this for me many years ago, Dr. Wayne Dyer, when he said, in any situation, you cannot control someone else's opinion of you. So in front of a thousand people, you might have 50 people that hate you, a hundred people that love you, another 50 people that 
don't necessarily agree with you. You know, there might be 800 people that are in the middle. You can't control that. All you can do is control who you are, what you believe in and how you message that. And don't worry about what other people react and how they react. And with social media, particularly, as you said, about posts, you're going to get it. And you have to decide how you want to react to that. Do you want to rise to the bait? Do you want to respond in a positive way? Do you just want to ignore it? And that comes down to our own individual choice. Absolutely. So just to close off this question, Ro, we've got a circle, a circle of influence. And this influence can be positive and negative. But let's just quickly remind listeners, inside that circle is your family. Then the outer circle is your friends. Then maybe work friends or colleagues or people at work. And then is the external media. But is it fair, Ro, to say that right in the middle of that could be the person themselves? It could be the listener at home. It could be the individual. It could be you and me. Also, with that negative voice a negative voice internally showing up and putting us off something so if somebody's listening at home they could say actually i've got no i don't seem to have these negative people around me could it be fair that they are the negative person yeah actually that's a very good point i mean we've talked about these circles but the internal circle is the one and this is a whole different conversation really this is about dealing with your own beliefs and your perception of the world maybe a good podcast to do for the future if anybody's listening to this and they are currently with us on the growth tribes community or have recently joined us on the growth tribes if you go into the vault where there's a huge amount of resources both video audio and written there is a series there on beliefs and it's really a chance to take a look at your beliefs and identify where you may have limiting beliefs that could hold you back it's a fantastic series and highly recommend it to anybody that's in the vault and if you haven't been to the vault go and have a look or join us on the growth tribes and you're spot on sometimes people say to me well i've got nobody negative around me but i just seem to be having challenges and i'm struggling to deal with this because what i notice when i do this you know it just never works and why is it everybody reacts to me this way and why is it i can't raise money and you know i just can't seem to get the motivation to do it and when i go out and talk to people they don't seem to like me and i'm thinking listen to your conversation <laughs> listen to what mm. you're saying actually you're the one that's negative not those people around you and without you realizing it maybe your negativity is so strong they appear positive even if they're not necessarily positive <laughs> because remember there's black gray and white isn't there so if something is for example white then a little bit of gray can make the white seem very bright but if something's gray very dark black might make the the gray appear actually quite light so there's different shades of negativity and understanding it in ourselves is really important so you've raised a good point there Absolutely. So now let's move on to the second part of this primary question, which is, why do they react like that? And this is something that used to bug me in the early days, because, you know, I went through a property education program myself. I changed careers. I went from a very good Asian student and child as becoming an engineer. And then I transitioned out of that to being an entrepreneur slash business owner and trying something different. And what I just could not understand in the early days is, why are they saying these things? Why, you know, what we discussed, the family, the friends, the work, the media, why are they saying this to me? So I don't know how you dealt with this in the early days, Ro, but what, how can we explain this to listeners? So mm. it gives them a bit of comfort that it's not, it maybe might not be entirely their fault to keep going. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, this is such, such a powerful subject and because I've dealt with it in many ways over the years, both personally, but globally, even just in this country, UK. I'm going to give you three things, actually. So if you're listening to this, this is really worth making a note. If you're driving the car, 
definitely don't make a note just note <laughs> note it in your mind show notes uh, show yep. notes yeah go to the show notes so there's three the first one is perception and protection and this is a great one to remember perception and protection so i'll just walk you through this so first of all you know you got to understand that every single human being sees the world through a totally different filter to the filter that you have so harminda you have a different filter to your lovely wife gina i have a different filter to my other half my other lovely fiance stina stina's come from a danish background so she will see the world completely different to me just on a cultural level let alone the fact that she is you know she's a female i'm a male let alone the fact that she's younger than me let alone the fact that she's had a different set of experiences to me in the same way i then go out and i meet with a friend of mine who's 65 years of age and we're talking about the same subject but he has a different filter to me or she has a different filter to me so we filter everything we do is filtered and it's filtered from our beliefs in other words a set of beliefs that we've developed over years if you're young and you listen to this and you're 12 15 18 20 years of age you're going to have a set of fairly fresh beliefs they are not necessarily embedded yet some of them maybe if you've had what's called a significant emotional event something that maybe jarred you really badly a bad experience you witnessed or you saw and it became so powerful that it's already quite a core belief for yours otherwise it takes time you know by the time you get to 30 your age group actually most of those beliefs are pretty much solidified and in fact there may be beliefs that you hold today harminda that you still hold on to in 20 years time for example yeah. your beliefs yeah. about your diet and eating vegetarian based food similar to myself so you know you hold on to those and they become compounded and if they're strong enough and they stay with you they'll stick with you and of course that can be negative and positive so when we're talking about negative people they will have a set of beliefs that they believe so strongly and if they're different to your beliefs then of course you know, that's where the, the conflict comes in. Other things include experiences, what they've experienced rather than what they believe. A belief can be based on an experience or an observation, but they may have had a really powerful experience that makes them believe now this thing that they're saying to you, even though it's opposite to your beliefs. Pain is another one. They've had a painful experience. So, so, so let me just jump in as an example. Yeah, yeah there were so so you know we mentioned about property because we, we are both property investors entrepreneurs so let's just take that as another example so if somebody had a bad tenant as an assumption or and what i'm defined by bad tenant let's just say they just stopped paying them rent for whatever reason let's not get into the exact details of it but that could have led them to have such a bad experience with that property investment that one buy to let they spent a lot of time focusing on. They didn't get paid their rent for. It took a very long time for them to remove the tenant, renovate the house again, and put a new tenant in and provide a fantastic home for this tenant. So that could have been their pain. Whereas I could have turned up and said to them, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to build a property portfolio. Now you can just imagine what they're going to say to me based on their personal experiences and the pain exactly. that they've gone through. Yeah, and they're going to be quite loud about it, especially if it's more recent. Mm. Because that pain, and here's a good point, actually, the closer you are to the bad experience that you've had or the bad belief that you've built, the closer you are to it, it's like having a wound that hasn't healed. The further away you get from that pain, in general, in general, that belief becomes dulled unless that person keeps opening up that wound and revisiting it, i.e., they always talk about it. They always relive it. And that actually becomes even more damaging because that's like a psychic wound, an emotional scar that can't heal. 
And that actually, sometimes that's the worst situation than somebody that's just freshly been hurt. Because somebody who's freshly been hurt can kind of go, yeah, that's not a bad experience. And they'll talk about it and they'll kind of maybe let it go. But somebody's had it, held on to it for many, many years. They could keep talking about it and they really are quite bitter about it. And it's a great point you're raising, Harms, because it doesn't have to be just business. It could be relationships. You could say, I'm looking to date this girl. I met her on the internet. I met her on a dating agent. Oh, you know what? I had a bad experience with that. It doesn't work. You know, it didn't work for me. It's probably not going to work for you. So again, it's going back to how they articulate that to you based on their experience. If you're a child watching this and your parents have had a bad experience and you say, mom, I want to go travel here. I want to go and visit this country. And they go, oh, I had a really bad experience. We went there. We got diarrhea. We ate some bad food got treated really badly and then all of a sudden especially if you're a child and you imagine that really strong imprint from your parents and I still see it today even in my children they've spoken to a friend at school who said something and I'm said to Stina I don't really think that's that child's belief and she goes no it sounds like the parents have said something to the child and the child now believes it and now they're saying it to our child and luckily our kids come back and question us about things. So they sort of, mm. well, is this true, Daddy? And you know, do you believe that? So we tend to help them have a different perception on it. Imagine, though, another child's parents having such a bad experience that they impart it on their child. Their child in kindergarten or, or at school, 11-year-old is my eldest, then impart that on your child. Your child, if they don't come and check in with you, what if that becomes your child's belief? Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. That's scary. And it happens. Yeah. Start this podcast talking about you know, currently there's some fear, there's some information being fed about a virus that's spreading. Well, this is no different because it's like a negative thought virus that is spreading throughout. Exactly. And it's come from the parents in this case, but it are typically sources. But the parents got it from their experience in that country. And that was the root cause of that current situation. Now, it, <laughs> I think it's an incredible, incredible example. Oh, but uh, on that note, OK, so you come from an Asian background. You can't tell me in all the years you haven't met somebody who goes, oh, no, no. You know, curries. I'm not sure about curries. Yeah, I don't know if I want to try a curry. I've never tried a curry. I remember my mum telling me about that. Or when I was, you know, eight years ago, I tried a curry. And yeah, yeah. it put me off for life. Have you ever had that? Have you, That's pretty much the typical conversation I would have with somebody out of outside of my culture when we're talking about, oh, where should we eat tonight? Should we go to an Indian restaurant? Should we go to a Chinese restaurant? immediately there becomes a perception upon that and whether whatever you however we ask whether it's stereotypical whatever but there is a perception that gets put on that because of you know the parents said this or they had one bad experience in a restaurant and i think that's even happened to me where i've been to a restaurant where i think even with yourself so we went to one particular restaurant and we started to sit down being us we went straight into a conversation started to talk business oh yes exciting strategy oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. now that owner (laughs) of the restaurant came across and said this is not a place to have a business meeting have a meeting you five either order food the conversation and we're just five minutes we just sat down we're having a conversation uh, we had notepads because that's our nature and he just went ballistic you cannot have a meeting here you order food here and of course the intention was to order food probably within six or seven minutes but well, okay so let me add this if i said to our listeners that was a chinese restaurant in London at this address, if I just said that alone, which it was, by the way, that could put you off eating Chinese food for life if you had a fragile belief system that says, oh, my gosh, if somebody like Dr. Ronhart Minda had that bad experience of Chinese, maybe we should have avoided Chinese. I love Chinese. I've been to tens of Chinese since that going there. But this particular gentleman was just downright rude, wasn't he? Yeah. So Um, that is our belief now being spread by this podcast. Exactly. 
you know, there's different ways to perceive that. It's one is that's great information, but it's taking in the wrong way, it's correct. All Chinese restaurants in London are bad because they all behave in a certain way, which is which not is true. not true. Yeah, exactly. Snap. So I think it's great. These are great examples, by the way. And it's funny how you. You just started to describe the first sentence, and that had to be at least four years ago. Yeah. And yet, immediately, I went straight back to that. I even remember where we sat by the window. Do you remember? In that like, like corner table. Exactly. How, how is that possible? Because the mind does not forget pain. It remembers pleasure and pain. And if you attach a certain amount of pain to it, everything changes. So the best way to remember this, it's a, a classic quote from Tony Robbins: nothing has meaning apart from the meaning that you give it. So you can attach a positive meaning to a situation or a negative one. And we'll kind of bring that back at the end of the podcast, I think. So, you know, going back to, I think, trying to sum this up, if you said to me, you know, what are these three ways? The first one is perception and protection. And the way to remember that is everything they see is from their eyes. So that means they're right. You could be arguing the case. This is my idea. I want to do this. And they come back to you with whatever it is, because that's their experience. And you've been in an audience with me where I've said, right, person next to you, imagine they're wearing red glasses and you're wearing blue glasses. And if I show you this slide at the moment and I show a general neutral slide on the screen, the people with red glasses, what do you see? Red background, red sunset, red trees, red beach, blue glasses. What do you see? Blue sunset, <laughs> blue, mm. blue beach blue setting because you're looking through your own set of perceptions your own view of the world and it's as simple as that and the thing is if their beliefs are different to your beliefs that means it challenges your beliefs and then in your eyes they're being negative and i, and I actually wanted to get this specific concept across is That's that very just, interesting. Yeah. just because they are different to you what we typically do is label them negative and this is a challenging statement because people listen to saying wait a minute are you telling me that i came to this podcast to deal with all the negative people around me and actually what you're saying is you're saying actually could be my issue and i'm not saying it's your issue i'm simply saying that actually it's your issue <laughs> <laughs> because this is different they've got a different view of the world and if you unless you take their glasses off and give them your glasses i.e., your perception it's always going to be different and just because it's different we sometimes label it negative and that's singularly powerful concept even just there I agree. That's that is a fascinating thing because what we've said so far is this is how people show up in, in your life. This is what they're going to say. They're going to be really adverse to the change that you're going on. But now you're literally underlining a sentence which says, yeah, but that's OK, because that is their perception. So you thinking that they're reacting in a negative way is actually your issue. And that is a fascinating point because it's almost counterintuitive to what we've led up to so far. So that statement there that you've said will go on the show notes because I think if we can understand that, we will start to ultimately just love other human beings for who they are from the first instance rather we'll, than labelling uh, them negative. Yeah, I agree. And we'll come back to that. I think that's a good mm -hmm. way to round off the podcast. And remember that they may have tried it before. The thing that you're talking to them about, they may have seen someone else do it and fail in it. They may have read it in the media, as we've just talked about, and you covered beautifully in the social media section there as well. Or they may have just had a bad experience. Any one of those three or four above I've just listed there, that will just reinforce their beliefs. And of course, if you're trying to do property and they've tried it, it doesn't work and they say it won't work, you say you're negative. They're like, well, in their eyes, they're not negative. That's how I see the world. 
And of course, you're looking at the bottle from a different side of the bottle with a different label. You're looking at the front of the label and you see the title saying, drink this, it's going to be great. And looking at the back and saying, but look at all the E's in this bottle. Have you seen it's got E25, E64, E this, just a different perception. And once we appreciate that, that's part of the process of how to deal with it. So that's the first reason why people are negative. The second one is more actually, now this is where it gets interesting. The second one is more about them. This is where... They have such a big ego. They have such a big pride that anything that you do makes them feel challenged. So they feel challenged by what you're doing. It could be like, here's a classic example. You start your property business, me starting my property business, me going off into writing a book. When I first started writing, talking about writing my book, my first book, Turning Point, I was like, yeah, I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book. And then people go, oh, yeah, 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 I was, um, yeah, I was going to write a book. But then this happened and this happened. And somebody told me. You know, when you write your book, you don't get a lot of recognition for it. And if you put it on Amazon, you only get a pound. You don't really get a lot of money for it. I just thought, do I really want to do that? And I'm like, wow, I was just happening to be mentioning that I'm writing a book. I didn't really yeah. want all of that shit. <laughs> um, but hey, that's there. And what it was, it was challenge. When I first got my PhD, I never told you this, Harms. When I got my PhD, and you know this about me, I don't really make a big thing. I know we all talk about Dr. Rowe, Dr. Rowe, but actually that was the PR, the media, and people saying, look, Rowe, you've got a great message and it's authentic and it has to be really about you because people relate to you. And I said, can't we just make it about a brand? And they said, no, no, just use the title Dr. Rowe. You are a doctor of, you know, it's called a doctor of philosophy. It's, in other words, as a PhD, you are studying a subject. It's not necessarily the body, but you're studying another subject to the same depth. And that's how you get your PhD. And for business owners listening at home, you know, that's a classic personal brand challenge. And yes. it's, it's totally okay to take on that personal brand because that's how you attract clients. That's how you grow your business. That's how you can put a message out to the world and people understand it. So I just want to drop that in there for business owners who may have the same thought process there. Can you make a note, Harms, if we can pick this up as a podcast to talk about from a branding online perspective? Because I think we can spin the tables a bit on that particular podcast and me put questions back at you because I agree with you on this. Fantastic. It was a big challenge for me for a while because I thought people would. And some initially people were like, well, why do you want to call yourself Dr. Rowe? You know, I said, well, my title is Dr. Yeah, but why brand around you, Dr. Rowe? That's when I was like, oh, shit. I went back to the PR lady and the people that were working with me and some of my team. Oh, shit. People are saying sort of, and they said, well, Rowe, look, you've got to make a decision. Do you want to stand up for what you believe in? And we want to get the name out there with a the brand. Or do you want to listen to a few people that might have an issue with it and don't realize that below that there's actually a massively deep message here to help people change their lives? I was like, OK, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. But sometimes even at my level of strength and conviction, it's like, am I going to upset people about this? So it's their ego. People get challenged by it, especially if you're starting something different. If you're 20 years of age, you want to start a business, your mates might say to you, what about the job? Why would you want to do that? You studied really hard and they'll question you because you're challenging their fundamental beliefs and ego. And in other words, they don't want to feel smaller than you. How does that play out, Ro? Because that's interesting, because typically, you know, work colleagues or you could have a friend circle and they're all roughly about the same age. Yeah. Work colleagues will vary slightly. But how does this play out in, say it's my generation saying this to your generation? How do you think that plays out? Because there's a younger, older thing there and egos definitely play a part when the young are talking to the old and vice versa. It's a good question because as a young person in your 20s, 30s and late mid to, mid to late 30s even, there's that, well, less so late 30s, I think it's more early 30s and, and, and mid 20s, is that sense of I want to conquer the world. So this is going back to this aspirational element. Here I am at 54 
not necessarily me because I allowed myself to to not allow that negativity to hold me back. But what if I'm a 54 year old that had exactly the same aspirations? Okay, so even worse culturally, but Haminda, you got to understand, I had exactly the same aspirations when I was your age. <laughs> yeah. I went to see a film. And the film was about a man who did all these great things. And I wanted to do that. But I realized very quickly I had a family to provide for. I can't go out and take a risk of starting a property business. And all of a sudden, you have this conversation with a 54-year-old Uncle Ro, who's peeing all over your dreams because he had an experience and it didn't work for him. And it's true. The age has played out in this case in a negative way. And so it's not an aspirational 54-year-old row who's saying to you, go do this, Harms. It's a great idea. It's actually mm. a member of your family or friend or whoever it is who's older, maybe an uncle, uncle, everybody's an uncle in the Asian culture. And they're like, yeah, you shouldn't do this. You should stick hard and study very hard. You know, we've got a friend of ours called Ravi who might be listening to it at some point, And he went off to become financially free, having been in the banking world, only to be asked by his family, when are you going to get a job now? He became financially independent through property. <laughs> and this is a classic case. Older people not understanding what you're doing to be a business that's creating financial security. So, and I'd be interested to see your view on it. But I think two things happen for my generation. One is there'll be those of us that have a positive view on what you're doing and I want to encourage you. But there's those that you are challenging the very ground that we're standing on. You're telling me as a 54-year-old that you don't want to be like me. You don't want to do what I've done. You don't want to follow career and and what do you mean eating meat is bad for me what do you think what do you mean drinking alcohol is bad for me I, I you know i don't go to the gym i go for a walk every day but so you're telling me that my health is bad because i or because i do eat meat and i drink alcohol so you're challenging that person of course they're going to kick back and they're going to push back and of course my experience is if i did that to you as a 30 year old you're going to react one of two ways you just say screw you and just walk away or you argue back against me and of course then it becomes this high value volume conversation so i do think the reaction of older generation will depend on the attitude of the younger person. That's my personal view. Whether we give you a negative view, a supportive view, or a really positive view. And also then linking back to their personal experiences, everything we've covered so far as well. And I think I would say if it was from my generation and taking advice from your generation, we can fall into two traps, which is we do follow along, like you've explained there. But we also do kick back. Now, if we are then, so we've got to be conscious, especially in my generation listening, whether you're in your 20s, 25, 30, 35, just coming into that era, we've got to decide and be just cognitive of why are we now going to be pursuing or carrying on what we've taken to the table. And what I mean by that is, are we just going to pursue this because from a rebellious nature are we just kicking back and say i'm going to show them i'm just going to do it anyway or are we just going to stay like well you use the word conviction are we going to stay strong and to our conviction that actually no, no i believe what i'm doing is right you know i take on this feedback but i'm going to do it anyway and i think one comes from a place of ego one comes from a place of conviction and i'm just going to see this through and i think we just got to be conscious which path we worked at i think both could work but one would be healthier in the long run than the other. I think it's a great point. I think adding to that, Harms, and I, I believe you'll agree with that because you have very much this in your nature, is humility. So if you are going out and seeking help, support, financial support, which I saw this weekend, by the way. So here's an example. This weekend, we had a 19-year-old lady, a young lady in the room. She sat front row. Harms, you'd have loved her. Front, I won't say who she was, but front row all weekend 
all weekend front row and on the saturday night she came to us and she said i really want to do these courses i'm 19 years of age do you think i can build a property portfolio and we said yes whether you can get mortgages right now or not we're not sure but there are ways to do it if you team up with somebody in the family somebody older that can support you but there's also ways to get into the property market where you don't have to physically own those properties you know if you want to bring a member of your family with you tomorrow and she brought her father who's probably looked about in his 60s ex-bank manager wow we go, we go to the first coffee break they sat down they had a consultation with a member of our team who said you know what do you think and he said i will give her money but not for education i'll give her money for a property and i don't believe that she can build a property portfolio i don't believe she can get funding they walked out of that in the coffee break they never came back she was front row all weekend his perception and his attitude this is a classic example i'm not saying he's a bad person but he hadn't spent the whole weekend with us and he didn't see how hungry she all weekend her eyes were like you know sources so hungry for this and I, I remember we left that in the evening i was just gutted for her didn't even have a chance to say goodbye to her and you know he at some point i'm sure will help her buy a property but he has no belief that of what we taught her she could do and there's a classic example and she actually came to the table with humility she had that kind of nature so what i'm saying is i agree with you sometimes you just have to push on my hope is that she will go find somebody else around her who's older that support her to do this and find a way back to the education program because we can certainly help her in a massive way so i agree with you i think it's young people if you're listening to this try not to alienate the people that are older than you because at some point there, there's always a wisdom there but there's also a chance where they might be able to help you but if you come at it with a humble attitude and i'll give you some ways to do that by the end and even if they're not supporting you do it anyway because if you believe it strongly enough there will be someone out, out there that you will attract the right people to you you went through this harms you were trying to raise money initially with your parents and in the end you got me to sit down with your dad and that helped the flow didn't it i think it opened up your dad's eyes to the realization that what you were doing was actually a sensible thing it wasn't a reckless thing absolutely but for me you know the, the blessing there and it's no again no judgment to the scenario and case study you've just spoken about but there it was a case of look i just need more information but at no point did my dad block our dreams or say we won't be able to do this so he is a great example of a supporter and a positive influence in our life there's never been a case where he said you can't do this so i'm blessed in that sense but i wanted to just share that because there's a contrasting example there to what you've just heard so if you're listening at home you could have either and you could have somebody in between and i think each one is okay but like Rose said, we'll talk about how we can overcome this, certainly at the end of the podcast. Yeah, I think the ego driven people are the most difficult to deal with, mm. honestly, because you are not going to change their core beliefs about who they are. So when you're faced with someone like that, the best thing to do is accept who they are, accept that's how they are. But you do not have to allow their beliefs to become your beliefs and certainly not for them to peel over your dreams, which kind of leads me to the third person, which is basically <laughs> just the person with a crappy attitude. That's it. Okay, I had a feeling you could say that crappy they're, attitude. They're, yeah, they're just negative. That's who they are. Sometimes people are just negative. Sometimes they've had a bad experience. They carry it everywhere with them. It's like a bag of shite, a black big bin line right over the back of their shoulder. They walk along and they say, "Oh, harms. You don't understand." Boom. And whatever you throw at them, they'll empty their bag, their black bin liner, and they'll empty it all over the floor. And they'll go, "Yeah, there you go. There's an example just there." And they'll just spread that 
S-H-I-T all over the floor in front of you. And they go, there's one there, Harminder. There's another one there. There's another one there. There's another one there. And it's just, they've just got a low vibrational frequency. It's their makeup. And in reality, you know, it's not for you and I to change them unless they are asking for it. Quite frankly, they're the ones that genuinely are not the healthy ones to have around you. So I was going to say that what would be the question here, because the, the typically these people, like you said, are not going to change. It's just it's yeah, but this. Yeah, but what about that? Yeah, but you don't know this has happened to me. And, you know, we often get that, whether it's coaching clients, whether it's people who come to the growth tribes meetup, but then once you work with them, they get transformed. But this is a different kind of person, like you said, is low frequency. So I guess the question here though, then is, is it even worth the energy trying to figure out why they're like this? Because you just explained to us, these people are like this. They have a low frequency. No matter what you're going to say to them, they're going to counter with a yeah, but, but it's different for you. You haven't gone through my life. You don't know what my life is. And, and these people are all around us. So is it worth the energy? even trying to work it out what should we do here <laughs> gonna rephrase that and, and i apologize to any irish people listening because I'm, i always practice my different accents and they're not very good sometimes but <laughs> i was at an event before christmas and this bloke came up lovely guy and he was like dr all i just gotta ask you a question he goes i've got a good friend of mine i've known him all of my friggin' life and he just seems to order i was coming down to this weekend and i just i told him i was coming to do property he said are you crazy do you remember what happened in ireland here do you remember the celtic tiger which by the way is a whole experience the Irish had where a lot of people bought in Romania and Bulgarian places like that lost okay. a lot of money and, and people were building houses in Ireland and it just didn't go well there's a whole bunch of people got ripped off and he said to me you've got to tell me the truth Dr. O is it worth is it all bullshit is it just a load of bollocks shall I just dump my friend what do you think or shall I try and fix <laughs> shall I try and fix him he's a good lad you know what do you reckon? And, and actually the answer is it depends and that's a kind I'm kind of rephrasing the answer to you is it depends on is this somebody who you're really close to and you care so much about that you want to find a way to try and help them overcome their blocks because you can see that they had a bad experience when they were younger and genuinely you want to help them out? Of course, remember, if that's the case, you've got to decide how much of your time do you want to spend trying to help them out because it can take freaking days, months and years yeah, if somebody yeah. does not have the tools, doesn't have the resources, doesn't have the aptitude, the emotional development and aren't, isn't prepared to invest in themselves to grow. So just be mindful of that. Are they a friend who you want to help? Is it a family member? It could be your husband or your wife. And that becomes really challenging because you love them dearly. And as the relationships evolved over the years, you've realized there's just a core part of them that is quite negative about a lot of things. And you want to help them out because you, you really care about them. So I guess I'd say be careful. Don't spend your whole life trying to convince people. Often, you know, what happens is that people, you know, we, we want to do this because we want to get validation. And I think a lot of people are confused about where they should spend that level of time with other people because what i think though is you know when you are asking people certainly at the early stages just jumping yes. on what you said there at the end at the early stages imagine you're a startup you're just starting a property business you're starting a business or a new career or you're applying for lots of jobs typically at the startup stage even us as people we are going to have doubts on whatever we're doing. That seed of doubt will always be there. Even if the desire is there, the conviction is strong, I know I'm going to do this. But at the back of your mind, there is a bit of doubt. So, you know, we do often ask these people, especially the close ones to us, am I doing the right thing? Do you think I'm doing the right thing? And I think exactly. this is typically because we want that external validation that, you know what, you are doing the right thing, keep going. So I think there is that natural desire to ask people. But what I would say is, just be conscious on who you're asking 
and maybe avoid the third category here, which is people with a crappy attitude because you know the response they're going to give you. That's a great point, actually. And I think particularly, and you may agree with this or not, but particularly if you're 25 to 30 and you're in that period of life where you still have enough respect for people around you, particularly elders, to go ask them and get them to confirm what you're saying. And of course, then it's the early part of that startup. It's the early start of that path. You're looking for external validation. Maybe your beliefs aren't strong enough. Whereas somebody like myself, I go and start something. Quite frankly, you know, I look at my mum, for example, who's in her 70s. I love my mum dearly, but she may have not had that much experience in that area. And also, I believe that maybe she doesn't have possibly the understanding of that area. So what I'll do is as a 54-year-old, I probably wouldn't go and ask her for much validation, whereas maybe 25, 30 years ago, I would have done. So age does play out here, whether you're a millennial listening to this, a teenager listening to this, 35-year-old listening to this. Move towards 40, 45. Typically, we're not looking for that external validation so early. I don't know if you feel the same way as somebody who's younger. What's your thoughts on that? I would say, you know, with the audiences that we work with and we spend time with, the typical trend is exactly that. The younger they are, they are seeking, whether it's the approval or the the validation from their parents, yeah. uh, the friends, their peer group that's close to them, brother and sister, depending on how the family dynamic is, it's the younger ages. When they do get 40, 45, and there are the few anomalies where, you know, I'm speaking to somebody and I'm quite surprised that at, at the age of 45, they're still looking at looking for validation from their parents. Now, that's quite worrying, but it's typically the pattern is the younger they are, the more validation they need to seek. The older you are, like yourself, where you've gone through multiple things you started different businesses so now that becomes the norm you know all the the challenges that's going to come with the startup it's just completely normal for you so you don't need to seek that validation maybe if it's to do with strategy maybe if it's to do with marketplace a business economic model where you get more technical with it but the fact that you need to start it you don't need to go to anybody but certainly most of my generation are seeking that from somebody so that they know they're on the right path yeah. And I think this is a good way to wrap this up. So when you experience somebody who's negative next time, ask yourself, is it a perception or protection thing? Do they have a certain perception of the situation based on their beliefs? And are they trying to protect you? That's the first thing. Or is it come a place of ego and you have challenged them in some way, especially if they're older than you? If, you're, if they're older than you and, and you've challenged them personally, mm. maybe they feel you're doing it at a much younger age than they're doing it. So are they kicking back or is it a friend that's kicking back? Or number three, you know what? They're always like this. Everything, <laughs> every single frigging thing anyone ever says to them, they're just bloody negative. And it's okay. And that's okay as well. That's who they are. So just look at that first before you react to, you know, the situation. We'll come to the sort of, before we wrap up, we'll, we'll talk about how to deal with these things. Yeah. So before we wrap up, well, I want to ask the question, which is, so that we can avoid it. So the listeners at home can avoid it. If we succumb to these negative people, whether they're in those categories, depending on where they are in the circle of influence, what effect can this have on you? Us as a people, mm. the listeners at home, if they succumb to this, or if they just listen to this, what is the typical effects that this can have on them? And of course, it's going to be varied, but we'll try to pull on a few examples if possible. And yeah. then I think we should go into the solutions. Okay, that's a very good point. Actually, good way of looking at it. Okay, so so you've had a bad experience. How does it affect you? 
again, I know this you've had probably... a bad negative experience. So yes, the, the real focus, a yeah, reaction, so somebody's a reaction from a somebody. Reaction. Exactly. Yeah, so somebody, when I say experience, I mean somebody's reacted to you in a specific way, and it's especially if it's somebody close to you, whatever. Well, let's say, imagine it's your boss, or imagine, for example, it's your mum, your dad, your uncle, somebody in that sphere of influence. But it really doesn't matter. I mean, if it's a group of people in front of an audience, again, and this happens. I mean, I've had situations with an audience where they've really been negative, or a large percentage of them have been negative. Either way, there's certain ways to deal with it. So it depends on probably three, four, five things, actually. And let me give you an example. Right. So recently you said to me, and you said it in the last podcast, that you're going to be exploring trading again. You want to yes. open up that Come arm on. of your invest. So imagine me and you, and of course I know you, but I'm just going to wear a different hat right now. And I said to you, <laughs> this, I said is this to you, negative harms? This is going to be negative harms, which is going to do everything you can to put you off trading but let's just assume, let's just assume that me i'm not a trader okay, so, i've never so, um, traded I... let me run the scenario harms how you doing man oh fantastic fantastic how how's things what are you up to nowadays yeah, I, I just spent actually spent the last day with uh, this this chap that's spending he's teaching me how to trade again i, I haven't traded for a few years i'm really excited I'm get, yeah yeah you know trading the stock market trading currencies i'm really going to get back into the charts oh you mean that shares like you know the stuff they they keep talking about in the papers where uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, there's always stuff in the newspapers. I'm forex trading, stock market trading. You know. Oh, I always get messaged about that, though. You know, cryptocurrency. Some everybody's trying to sell me a cryptocurrency thing at the moment. Is it one of those things? Not cryptocurrency. It's it's actual normal currency variations, and it's an opportunity to sit down, put money into the stock market, into the currency market, into a spread betting account, a trading account. Yeah, but what about Brexit? I'm sorry, I know you're explaining something, well, but. Brexit's just, you know, tear apart the pound and we don't know what's going to happen to the euro. What about the US? What are they going to do? I've just heard that the S&P's apparently going to drop, you know, it's, it's, yeah, so, high, it's never going to raise any higher. I just read this yesterday. So, so uh, one of the things that we're looking at is how you can make money, even if the market goes up or down. So there's opportunities in both situations. Yeah, I just... <laughs> <laughs> so this is how the conversation could go. So that was how if, you know, if you notice yeah. that every time I say something, Harmon is just putting up another brick wall, another brick wall. And I, that must be so familiar to people because as I was doing that, I was like, oh my God, I've been in this conversation before. <laughs> so, I mean, the answer is really, how are you? How do you react to that? It depends on you and it depends on, on five things in my mind. One is how emotionally developed you are. So if you are somebody that's read a lot, you're heavy on personal development, have been for a while, and you know you have already developed an armory, a set of tools on how to deal with this. The effect on you is going to be minimal because you've just got like this massive shield around you. And when people come and do the communicating with impact courses with me, one of the things you might remember is we talk about how to prepare yourself going into a meeting emotionally, develop a barrier, develop some armory, could be Iron Man or Wonder Woman or whatever it is for you, so that when you go into that communication, it just bounces off you. So that's the first thing. And I'll keep just fire questions if you want as I go through them. So emotional development. So remember, the question is, what effect does it have on you when you know somebody's negative? And I'm saying it depends on five things. So that's the first one. Okay. Second one, it, it depends on your self-belief. So how strong is your self-belief? In other words, how much do you believe in what you are saying? And then, of course, there's, it depends on how strong your self-worth is. So how strong is your self-worth? How strong is your image of yourself? and how you see yourself when you're talking to them. You know, those two are- So what's the difference there, Rob? Because there's, you know, self-belief, self-worth. What's, how would you differentiate this for the listeners at home? 
just so there's a, a clear, distinct yeah, difference. Because okay. it can be quite confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, actually. So self-belief is really about, if you want to narrow it down, is your belief about who you are in terms of what you do. So you're believing about this new business opportunity, your self-belief about the fact that you can get this done, you're starting a new opportunity, you're starting a new business. And you believe that your skill set and your ability to learn will enable this new opportunity to work, whether it's changing diet or starting a new business. Whereas self-worth is about who you are as a person. And this is where your conviction in you, your worth is such that you know that you are worthy of greatness. You know you're worthy of success. You know you're worthy of receiving opportunities. You know you're worthy of love. You know as a person, you are whole. You do not need someone else to validate who you are, whereas beliefs, self-belief in that particular thing you're doing. Does that make sense? That so makes sense. So self-worth is like my business. I will be going out to make a million pound revenue this year. So within the next 12 months, I'm going to be going out. And my worth is I believe that I am worth building that fortune. And, and it will worthy come to of me. it as well. And, and worth worthy it. to receive it. Yeah. Yeah. So the belief can be more specific to the thing you're doing and your and the fact that you believe that you have the ability to do it. Whereas your worth is really about the core of who you are, your values, what you stand up for. You know, I know my self-worth. I believe in honor. I believe in integrity. I believe in love. I believe in honesty. I believe in passion, compassion, discipline. These are the values that I believe in. And that's who I am. So I believe in all of those things. And I believe that is who I am. And I stand for that. And the two are different. So understanding your beliefs versus your core values and the worth of who you are are two different things it's a good question you've raised there because people do get confused by it they can cross over but i would just i would differentiate the two and remember what i'm talking about is a is a strength in conviction here mm. are you emotionally developed do you believe in what you're doing do you also have the worth in yourself because it might be that you believe in something but somebody else can eat away at your worth and you know uh, i believe this is something i can do but do i deserve it Am I worthy of it? I'm not sure about that because I remember my mum told me this and my dad told me this. So that's the difference. One is a lot deeper. Absolutely. And for so, those listening, that that was I'm sure that was Roe banging on his chest. <laughs> I'm sure Hold that. Hey, I'm going to do the chest. Here we go. Or <laughs> <laughs> my head. So why, what are the final two? Um, so the other two are how much you believe in the thing that you're doing. I mean, mm. listen, if somebody's attacking you, that's one thing. But what if they're attacking the thing that you're doing? They're attacking property. They're attacking the stock market. They're attacking a vegetable-based diet. Yeah, they're attacking... Network marketing, that's a common one. Yeah, network marketing. Or they're attacking the... You want to go and date... You want to date an Asian girl? Or, you, you know, two, two people dating from two different cultures, for example. Yeah. Be that. So it's how much you believe in that which you are talking to them about and then the final thing is how strong you are aligned with your beliefs and your values so is what you're doing aligned with your core beliefs and your values if it's changing your diet towards health how much do you believe that is it because somebody said to you oh, it's really good to get off meat yeah yeah actually that's a good idea that's a good idea harms yeah try that yeah yeah i'll give yeah, i'll give that a go yeah so i'm out and it's the first night out and i'm at a restaurant i'm with my mates oh yeah you come on man hey ro what are you doing yeah yeah i've, um, I've just got to order some uh, veg, veg, a vegetable curry what yeah i'm gonna order a vegetable you're gonna try a vegetable curry what about the meat, man? You've got to get some meat in there. Uh, uh, well, I was just speaking to my my friend Harms. I think I'm just going to give this a go. Yeah, I'm just. Could I just have a? What do you have as a vegetable vegetable based meal? Come on, man, get some meat down. You don't want to eat vegetable curry. <laughs> now, 
if you have strong enough beliefs in what you've chosen to do because you've researched it and it has a conviction, and this is the difference between a, a light belief and a conviction, I'm going to say to my mates, no, I'm, I, this is, I'm going to do this. I really believe this is good for me. Totally different reaction. Now, of course, if that's aligned to my values, and one of my values is to stick by my beliefs, one of my values is to, to be passionate, and one of my values is to not, you know, not conform so I don't want to conform. I want to challenge the system. And I, and I believe in conviction. I believe in, in health. Then I'm going to put my belief that I want a vegetable curry. And my value is conviction. Well, I'm sorry, lads, but you can say what you want. Whatever you're eating there, I'm really pleased for you. But this is what I'm going to eat. And I'm going to stick by this. And in fact, tomorrow I'm going to have a salad at lunchtime. A salad, bro? Do you want to eat a freaking salad? <laughs> yep, I'm going to eat a salad. So it's putting some humor behind it and at the same time aligning those values with those beliefs. So everything comes with a massive punch. Yeah. Because remember, the other person is only negative in your eyes, not in their eyes. They believe that meat's great for them and they believe that that curry is going to be great with all the beer and everything they drink. Yeah, that's fine. There's no criticism here. And it really isn't in this podcast. Yeah. And there's but, no judgment on them. No. And in this example, this is what I want to do. I'm trying it out. I actually want to experience what it's like to be a vegetarian for the next year. Or, you know, the opposite it might be I've been a vegetarian for the last 10 years. I want to try being a meat eater for the next. It might be that you're out with vegetarian mates and you go, yeah, I'd like to have a chicken curry. Chicken curry? You're going to get the same thing. And that's what's fascinating. <laughs> I know, exactly. So now you're out with your vegetarian mates who you have been vegetarian mates for 10 years. And you go, chicken, chicken curry? What do you mean chicken curry? Oh, my God. What are you doing? Well, yeah, you know, I've decided I'm going to try meat for the next month. But what? But why? So why? what? So what are you? saying here what's the message that the listener can take away because 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 <laughs> that's a you hit a fascinating point <laughs> well i think take responsibility take mm. responsibility for your choice and don't let anybody else put you off because at the end of the day you know whatever the effect is that it's going to have on you is actually your it's your reaction every time you now react from this moment forth just remember that that will be your reaction to their reaction to you. And the only reason they're reacting to you is because their belief is different to yours. And the only reason your belief is different to theirs is because you are a different person to them. So just swallow it, accept it, and take responsibility for your choice. They're only reacting to you because you've made a decision to do something that's different to what they want to do. Simple that's, as that. And there are three reactions. There's, there's a, you brush it off and yep. just simply allow yourself to live with it. That's one way to do it. Or you let it slow you down and you go, oh man, yeah. It's a common one. So we see that a lot. So that, that middle one there, the, the middle case, which is it slows your progress. It slows you down. It's scary. It's scary because, you know, you're trying, you're just dipping your toe in the water with whatever it is you're doing because you don't fully believe it because of what these other people have said to you. And you haven't taken responsibility on owning the entire process so what's the worst case because you said the best case is you know just brush it off you know and they stop living in your mind rent free so that's a, that's a phrase that one of my friends told me i said there's so, there's too many people living in other people's minds completely rent free and it's unacceptable so that's the best case you just brush it off mid case it slows you down what's the i guess the worst case the worst case is literally you stop and you totally succumb to their energy totally but let's just back up from it let's just do the scenario like let's do the counterintuitive one to the conversation we just had for you and i'd be counterintuitive is the vegetarian that decides to eat meat i was reading a book about this lady that recently changed from being vegetarian to trying meat again so let's just switch that around right so here i am i'm with my mates and they go what you chicken ro chicken but you've been vegetarian for the last five years yeah yeah i just you know what i just wanted to try 
meat for a month. It might be that I eat, I try it and I don't like it. I just want to see my body's reaction to it. But, what, but, but why would you do Don't be so stupid, man. You've been a vegetarian all these lives. What about the animal and the food? What's it going to do to your diet? What if it blocks up your colon? And they'll give you all sorts of stuff. And you go, oh, actually, yeah, yeah, no, you, actually. Uh, yeah, could I have um, vegetable biryani, please? Thanks. That thing you're going to do. <laughs> curry as well. Notice the curry there as well. But we're bringing it all into the pot at the moment. But equally harms, it could be I'm at your seminar to learn about internet marketing and how to promote myself. I'm doing the baton module, which we should do a podcast on that, by the way. So Harminder yeah. does this great business model, which is called the baton model. And it's a model how to get your word out there to the public through social media, how to get your business out there. And he's just run a course this weekend, which was went really, really well for them. So let's imagine that I am about to start your baton model. And I go to my mates and I say, look, you know, we've been running this business for a while now. I know we do marketing through um, newspapers. I say and, direct, direct marketing. Direct yeah. marketing, yeah. radio, we do mail outs and everything else. But I speaking to this young guy, yeah, granted he's in his 30s, he's like 31, but he was telling us if we went out to social media, we could probably double or triple our reach over the next uh, two to three months just by a simple approach. What do you mean, Ro? What do you mean? No, no. We've been doing this for the last 15 years. We get a consistent turnover of the business. And why would we want to change that right now? What, what would we want? And what about what if we do something out there and somebody says something negative to us about us on the social media and we get somebody saying really bad. I, you know what? I don't want to do that. I think we should stick with what we're doing. Yeah, but I really want to talk to them. Yeah, but I think we should stick with what we're doing. Um, OK, all right. Let me give him a call. Maybe I'll, I'll set him back four or five months. What do you think? Yeah, let's yeah, let's go back to him four or five months. They're thinking, fuck it, let's not even go back to him. Yeah. But I'm thinking, OK, I'll slow that idea. And that's your classic middle of the road one. Mm. You know, if I was strong enough, I'd have said, listen, there's three of us directors in this company. I have just as much say as you. A third of it. I also put as much money into this as you all do. I want you to meet this guy. That's my conviction. Middle of the road is mm, I'm not sure. Yeah, That's yeah. My let's get to that. Yeah. Let's get to that. Yeah. And the worst case is I just let them completely put me off. I park it. I call you up and I say, Harms, thanks a lot. But, you know, we're an old school company. Yeah, we don't really need that. Thanks a lot. And then that's it. I've just written it off just by that one meeting that I've just had with my business partners. Crazy, but that, that can happen. So they're the three reactions that can happen. The three reactions and the outcome for you, the outcome come for you oh, would gosh. be the last case wash it off yeah the last two are terrible and it's almost arguable that the slowed progress is actually worse than the worst case depending on what your perception of that is and, so and now, the, well, last, we... the last two are the most common although you might argue they're two-thirds of a scenario so you brush it off and you just do it anyway you mm. let it slow you down and it could be by months or years. Here's a classic case, the young lady that left. In fact, here's the ironic thing. I don't know if you're with me in London when that 29-year-old lady stood up. I think she was Jamaican lady, stood up and she said, yes. Do you remember? She burst yep. into tears. So for the audience listening to this, I'm at an event and obviously Harminder was our cover for you there. We're in front of about 60 people in and this young, beautiful black lady stood up. She's 29 years of age and she says to the audience, please, if you're listening to Dr. Rowe here and he talks anything about doing some education, getting mentoring and training, just do it. Because 10 years ago, when I was 19 years of age, I didn't do that. And the result was 10 years later, I haven't bought a property. I'm still doing what I'm doing. My family put me off. They told me I was you too young. They told me I couldn't do it. And sure enough, guess what? That's exactly what I did. And 10 years later, I've done nothing. And, and he, to context for the listeners, she actually sat in the same room with you oh, 10 years ago exactly, uh, and getting educated from you then. But she decided to do the worst case, which is just stop, not move forward and succumb to that negative energy, yeah. which, which they were just dream killers at that stage. You're right. She was a worst case person in our list of three things here. And if you remember, she came in the room and she kept coming up in the coffee breaks and saying, 
Oh my God, you're real. You're real. You're still here. You're still here. My family told me it was a scam. It's not going to work. This guy's not real. You're real. You're, you're real. And she was walking around in the lunch breaks and the coffee breaks saying to people, he's real. He's still here. He's still doing yeah. it. He still does property. Yeah. It was just a fascination. So although we've got, we're listing three things here, best case, mid case, and worst case, which you could argue there are a third each. It doesn't work that way yeah. because in reality, maybe only 10% actually deal with it in a best case scenario, brush it off and get on with it. The other 90% just do nothing or they slow right down and they get put off by negative people. Sadly enough, that's the case. That is the case. So on that note, I know we, we took it there because it's important for us to know what the outcome, if you're listening to this at home, why it's important to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. But now we want to leave you with how to deal with negative people. So we've shown you how they show up in your life, why, why on earth they do what they do, the three different reasons. Really stay away from the crappy attitude people. That should be one big takeaway. And ultimately, what effect can they have on you? It is your responsibility on how they affect you. That's one of the biggest things. If you're going to write one thing down so far, it's, it is that you have to take responsibility and that's sometimes a tricky thing. It's a tough pill to swallow. So now, Ro, I think we should take them through whatever you suggest now in regards to how to deal with negative people. Because you have, I have, over the course of our careers, yours longer than mine, it comes to business, when it comes to doing change, doing things differently, sometimes on an often basis. But we've had to deal with negative people. So how can we share and impart that wisdom on the listeners? And that's the question. How do we now deal with these negative people? Okay, it's a five-step process. And yeah. if I do each step, if you just want to reinforce it or add to it, whatever, I'll, I'll go through it. And I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah. I'm conscious of time. So uh, are you able to put this in the show notes if I the, if the, I headline it here? Absolutely. So growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. And as always, this will be in the show notes as a quick reference guide. Okay, great. So step one is thank that person for their opinion. It's really important. Don't just kick it back in the faces. Be grateful. Receive it with gratitude. Say thank you for your opinion, but then let them know that what they think is naturally going to be different to what you think. It's okay. Hey, thanks, mom. I really appreciate your opinion. And I do understand that, you know, you've got a different view to me. That's such a really respectful way of literally, you're not taking a pin and, <laughs> and putting the pin in the balloon. You're actually just slowly letting the air out of the balloon because people go, oh, right. OK, they're coming at you with a punch and you just slowly step out of the way and let the punch just go into thin air. So thanks very much. Appreciate it. But obviously, we've all got different opinions. Let them, let them know. It's, it's like it's like somebody screaming and shouting at you and you're not shouting back. It's that kind of. Yeah, uh, they're shouting into an empty space basically yes, and you're, yeah. you're creating that space for them to just let it out but then let them know that you've got a strong opinion you've got a really strong conviction towards what you're doing in an honest way and although you appreciate that they think differently to you with respect and you, you might need to use that word ask them if it's okay if they don't allow this to put you off say to them i really appreciate you've got a different opinion to me and genuinely know that you see things differently to me what i would request is that you don't bring that opinion to me in such a way that it drags me down because I really don't need that right now. And actually I'm going to do this anyway. So appreciate if you don't keep bringing this subject up with me because it's not going to affect my opinion. I've got absolute conviction. I'm going to do this anyway. So that's step one. It's a very strong line in the sand. And it's humble. It doesn't have an ego attached to it. So I love that one. That's a nice starting point, a very easy thing to do as well. Okay. So step two is you have to harms uh, and whatever you have to completely cut them off completely uh, in fact uh, <laughs> cut, cut 
cut them off from your life. If it's your wife or your husband, I would recommend at this stage you actually initiate a divorce in the next 48 hours. If it's a member of your family, disassociate yourself completely from them on the basis that you are never, ever going to speak to them again. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> I was thinking, oh my God, I've dealt with it wrong this whole time. No, no, no. Uh, okay, so step two is I think limit the time with that person and this is a serious note or at least limit the time that you spend discussing that topic with that person if at all meaning look it's probably best just not to bring that subject up with them again if you can't avoid being around them because it's a close family member and chew and i've done this before and i promise you i had the same situation when i got into real estate when i started changing my diet in fact when we started changing our diet i was a terrible person to be around oh did you know if you drink this sort of water it does this if you drink this sort of eat this sort of food it does this what about alkalizing your diet and after a while my family was just sick to death of me if anyone's listening from my family they'll probably agree with you on that. <laughs> so i just stopped doing it i stopped talking about it and i realized i was the one that was bringing it up causing the, the friction because it was my beliefs and not theirs and that's okay as well. So easiest way to do is limit the conversation. And we can do that just by keeping our mouth shut over certain subjects, which is hard. It, it must if be you're tough. passionate. It, yeah, yeah, if you're passionate, it is. If, on the other hand, they're just a negative person by nature, then maybe you shouldn't be around them. Maybe you should, if they're that last category, stop being around. This is yeah, a tough one. Crappy attitude. Yeah. I mean, loyalty, you love them, you care about them, it's a close friend. But you've got to think about your health. You've got to think about your health, your mental health. You've got to also think about your own vision and your own family. I mean, if they're around your kids and they happen to be talking in a negative way about what you're doing around your kids, that becomes your kids' beliefs as well. Uncle so-and-so said this. Auntie so-and-so said this. And then you've got to deal with that. Now you're dealing with both them and your kids as well. So think about limiting or restricting or some way managing. It might be a good word to put around this. Managing how you communicate with them when it comes to the negative stuff that they feel is negative. Yeah. And I think naturally, Ro, as somebody starts to build their business, their startup, their property business, network marketing or career change, allow that space to to take you and allow your time to be spent there more than spent dealing with these conversations. And I think that will happen naturally as well. Yes. This is a great point. It just brings it to the forefront, which is actually what I'm going to do will take me away from them without me having to force it as well. So, you know, still exactly. love them, still hang out with them, but just not as much. And that, that kind of ties into my step four, so which is great. So, so step one, you know, thank them, let them know where you stand. So put your stake in the ground, let the rest of the world know that. Step two, minimize or mitigate the conversation, whatever you want to call it, but just reduce the level of that conversation so it stops your energy having to be drawn into it. Number three, then, is build and strengthen your beliefs around the very subject that you've now stuck your stake in the ground and said, this is what I believe in. So that means reading, listening, podcasts, you know, Growth Tribes, obviously, we're here. You're listening to us already. Go and join us in. And a lot of you are listening to this and you may not have had a chance to do this. We've had a few people message and say, oh, yeah, we, we want to get onto the Growth Tribes. Look, we're always there. But whilst you've got the opportunity, go and do it now. Go get yourself onto thegrowthtribes.com, get registered, take advantage of whatever offer we've got going on at the moment and come and spend a month or two learning from us. And if you like what we do, stay with it because it's a great community, it's some great tools, but you do need to get around people. Of course, Harminder, we've got the Growth Tribes gatherings, haven't we, where people get together and it's a great chance to hang yeah. out. And we'll talk about it in a minute, but hang out with other people. So maybe you could just talk to that space in the next part because my next part actually covers that as well. The other thing is your conviction at a high level now will deflect negative people because what are you doing? You're building your knowledge. You're building your strength. You're starting to 
communicate in a different way because knowledge typically embeds words, sentences and perceptions in our minds. So we learn to communicate with impact. Our message comes out there with a structure and a sequencing and an order, which is really important. That's where CWI comes in, I guess. Mm, and then that's often not necessarily the crappy attitude people, but certainly those in category one and two over time when you are communicating with impact and you're really in the nitty gritty of what you decided to continue doing you know you brushed it off and you continue to do exactly what you wanted to do they start to turn they start to say wow okay this person's really become knowledgeable because ultimately the memory is a fascinating thing and it fades over time so that very person who was negative to you at the start about 12 months two years three years later would have forgot that completely you could win them over as a supporter by just changing the way you talk about the subject you're now passionate about. Correct. And I think this is the whole thing. It's the language, the language, the communication. You know, go watch some of the stuff that I've got on Instagram, on CWI. If you've got the opportunity to come and join one of our webinars on Communicate with Impact or even come to one of the events, do it because it's really, really powerful. Step four then is hang out with great people, which is what you were suggesting previously. It's like you know, redirect where you put your focus, your time, your energy. Hang out with amazing, positive people. You've got the Grow Tribes. You've got our events where our gatherings go to other events. There's some great speakers out there. There's some great inspirational people. But mixing and now what we're doing is we're starting to shift the energy around us so that we're putting more positivity around us and negativity. We're putting a different mindset around us. We're starting to have people that enforce what, reinforce what we believe, support us, encourage us so you've now got a you know a group of people to hang out but also to lean on as well when you need it in tough times so i think that's a good timing for me to talk about the growth tribes meetup which is happening in about two weeks it's the 21st of march so if you're listening to this beyond that point don't worry we often do two of these a year but if you are available to come in the 21st of march it's a meetup just for growth tribes members and we've also opened it up now to the public and you can get a ticket the ticket is less than 30 pound all you need to do is go to growthtribes.com forward slash gt dash meetup and you'll find all the information there. And it's a great chance for you to not only hang out with great people, but come and hang out with myself in a row as well. Come and hang around with positive energy, people who are not going to be dragging you down, but lifting you up. And I think that's something that's... Yeah, yeah. and actually yeah. you just said a word there, lifting you out. So I love that. Lifting you up also means lifting you up on top of the beliefs that you've built in step three. So talking to Harminda, one sentence, one structure, sorry, one conversation that with him might just reinforce a belief that you've built in that third step, which is, oh my God, you say to Harms, oh, that's amazing you just said that because I've just been reading about this. I've just been listening to that. And him saying that might just be the extra lift that you need to consolidate that belief. So I love this. This is fantastic. And actually, if you look at the process and the sequence, there's no way out. You can't, you can, but completely reshape, you're just reshaping your beliefs around who you are, what you do. And it's not that we're excluding the negative people. What we're doing is we're excluding the chat the noise, the busyness, the language, the energy that they're bringing into your body. doesn't mean to say you can't have them around you. You just got to find a different way to filter what they say to you. And there's and lots think, of ways to do that. And I think following this process uh, so far up to step four, following this process will lead to a different reaction from the negative people. Because just imagine them and people similar to them having a conversation talking about you but instead of talking about you in a negative way or calling you the negative person they're probably listening to a podcast which is around how to deal with overly positive people in the world and i imagine that's something that they're listening to so let them continue to listen to that and get yourself surrounded by 
us and positive people so you just don't have that influence over you i think that's, that's the key here with number four just Brilliant. hang out with great people lovely and i think that last one actually is as important if not more than any of the others because that association sometimes is that safety net when you're having a really tough day mm. so please don't under, underestimate that at all fifth one is just be grateful and i think it's a tough one I had this conversation the other day with my daughter. You know, I said, look, why don't we be grateful for the fact that you heard this from this person? And she, what do you mean, daddy? I said, well, you know, we can have this conversation. You can learn from it. So I think a good way to look at this is there's no light without dark. You know, you wouldn't appreciate the light if everything was light. There isn't any sweet without sour. The first time you taste something sweet, you go, oh my gosh, this tastes really sweet. Well, that's because you have experienced sour. But equally, if you've never tasted anything sour and you only have anything sweet, it's the same thing. So I think... Human beings are the same. Be grateful for having the most amazingly positive people in your life and be grateful for having the most amazingly negative people in your life <laughs> because we can learn from other people's view of the world. Just because we believe something doesn't mean to say it is absolute and it's the only way. I mean, I would be a fool to believe that just because I eat primarily a vegetarian-based diet and I eat and drink healthy, that that is the only way to live because there are other people out there that might show me that they've been eating a certain way and they feel healthy and great as well. So all I can do is be grateful for everybody's views and know that it's okay to accept that. Imagine if the world was all one color if everyone thought the same way so use the good experience the bad experiences to shape your beliefs and your conviction be fascinated with people that do not believe the same thing as you rather than frustrated and just practice that daily gratitude that's not to say that i am perfect by a long shot i have my grumbles i do get frustrated with negative people sometimes but what i typically do is i'll kind of let it out first and then i'll just say okay what and you and i've had this conversation before it happened this weekend actually it's like what can i learn from this what can i take away from this how can i become better from this experience can i change the way i react to this situation next time so i don't feel the same way the next time and that's age, wisdom, insight, emotional development, all wrapped up into one sentence, really. That's amazing, Will. So that was a five-step process on how to deal with negative people. But before we finally close off, Will, I just wanted to fire a different kind of question to you, because that's amazing. That's a process which can be implemented over two weeks, a month, two months, a year, 12 months, as, and so, so on forth. This is basically something that somebody can build into their life life and make a habit and a process over time which means you know they just don't react to negative people you know they just brush them off they fall into that small one to two percent or ten percent as you described it where negative people can say all they want to them but their conviction is still strong now how would we help or how would you manage the situation if there's a rapid decision needed to be made so for example i need to buy a house in terms of an investment i need to do x y and z and it has to be done pretty much within the next two days. A decision has to be made. But I'm hearing so many negative things, but I have to make this this decision. And I imagine you've been in that situation so many times. Is this the right process or do we use a different process for making a rapid decision when everybody around you is being negative? That is a brilliant question. And I actually hope in some way, shape or form, maybe with your team, you can take this, the answer to that question. I hope I'm going to get the right answer out here. But if we took the extract of this and just made it a little extract out into social media, because what you've just asked there, so many people deal with this on a daily basis. For example, on my events, when people come to an event and they've got a decision to make 
And then they let someone else at home peel over it and they walk out of there and fall into one of those three categories we talked about before. And it's not normally the first category. So let me suggest a slightly different rapid approach to this. So number one, so the assumption here, Harms, is that the person listening to this has enough conviction that they want to do the very thing they've spoken about. Can we make that assumption to start with? Yeah. Okay, so gone to somebody, you've to talked to them and you really want to do this thing or you're starting this something or you're trialing this something or you're going to experiment or you're going to eat this dinner, this type of food, or you're going to go and date this person, whoever it is. So you genuinely believe it. In which case, then of the five steps we just talked about, you have to do the first one, which is thank you for your opinion. I do appreciate that your opinion is different to mine, but I am absolutely going to do this anyway. That's it. That's the first step. Mm -hmm. You just have to stand by that. And it's, it's complete conviction. So this isn't like a wavering, oh my gosh, you could be right. Sugar, let me just think about that. No, no, no. If you want to deal with this rapidly, it's bang. Thank you very much. Really appreciate your opinion. I love you. I absolutely respect you for who you are, especially as a parent, or maybe it's in your husband or your wife. Somebody's listening to this right now and you're facing with that decision. Maybe you're, you're an event with someone like myself, or it might be that you've got to book onto something. You've got to make a decision quickly. It's a decision to invest in a business and you know that it's right. You've done all the numbers and everything's right. And you've got somebody potentially over there that's going to be negative to you. But you're in that moment hesitation in these situations will lose you the opportunity there's something called success love speed so you have to pursue that success and you have to really go down that avenue of just saying right i believe in this so that's the first thing thank them for their opinion but tell them you're going to do it anyway number two is you really ideally need to just check in with somebody else that you know that's done what you're going to do and you know that they believe in this and you know that they will see this through with you if you need a little bit of help or even a bit of encouragement, if nothing else. So the second thing is you go from a negative person to a positive person. So, for example, we had this weekend when I was and this is a common one for our events. There was a chap there and a lady there, right? Two separate independent, independent people. The chap had a really negative wife and she was not particularly positive in any way about what he was looking to do. He checked in with her on the Saturday night. She was really saying, don't do this. You shouldn't do this. We should keep our money in the bank account. Let's stay working in our jobs. I'm sure we'll be safe. He came back in the next morning and he said, I, I've been thinking about what my wife said. And I, I think uh, she's right. Maybe I should just stay in my job for now and I shouldn't invest in building a property business. And, and uh, But thanks anyway. The second one was a step father came with her and he actually was really negative. In fact, he even said, I don't want to be like that guy. I don't want to be a millionaire or anything like that. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like him. And she said, no, it's not about being a millionaire, dad. It's actually the fact that he's showing us how we can get security. No, nah, I don't want to be like, that. let's just, you know what? We'll just go buy a house for cash and, and it will be fine. And he was all weekend. So what she did was she signed up to the courses she said to him, OK, Dad, I'm going to do this anyway. And the first thing she did, she hung out with us all evening. She hung out. She talked to me. She talked to the team. She talked to all of us that had done it, talked to us about our stories, the experiences we had, the negative experiences we'd had. And it absolutely reinforced for her that she was doing the right thing. Is this making sense? That makes ab absolute sense. It, essentially, in simple terms, it's speak to the right people. And those right people are somebody who's walked the path that you have a desire to walk. Exactly. In doing that, she also asked the questions that she, that were making her nervous because of what he was saying. So she would come back and she said, just to let you know, I'm doing this anyway. I'm going to go and raise the money. How did you deal with this? 
how did you deal with this? Ro, how did you deal with the fact that your partner, what about your mum and your brother and your sister, your, your, well, no, your, your uncle, sorry, because I don't have a sister. And she was going around literally asking the crew, how, and it was great because she wasn't doing it in a negative way. She was asking us how we handled it. How did we raise our money? Instead of going, oh my gosh, and looking for validation with a negative person. Because you see what people will do is when they get negativity from somebody close from them, if they're wobbly, they go and find someone else that's wobbly and get them to confirm their wobbliness is okay. And they rip their legs off and both of them collapse together on the floor. And this process is, thank you very much. Grateful for your opinion. I'm going to do this anyway. Now go to some two or three people or even one that you really care about who you know that's positive, that's done it and go, okay, what did you do? How did you deal with it? Do you believe I'm doing the right thing? Yes, you're doing it. Smash it. Go on. I'll get behind you. I'll support you. And the third thing is do it. Do it, do it, do it. Invest the money, buy the education, invest in the company, change your diet, go and eat a vegetarian meal, don't drink alcohol, go for a run, go and date that lovely girl, go and date that lovely person, even if they're a different culture, whatever it is, but just do it. Don't allow the negative person to strip your dreams and to suck it all from you because there are drainers and there are radiators. Drainers will take the heat from you and continue to do that the whole of your life. It's like walking on a cold floor. A radiator is like an underfloor heating system that can, continues to warm your up and radiate heat back into you so you do it so first of all number one you make the decision and you thank them but you do it anyway you surround yourself with people that are absolutely positive at that moment you can't be waiting 10 hours to do it or 20 hours or three days later and you act 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 and then you follow through that's it i'm gonna stop <laughs> i absolutely love that so it's almost like a compressed version of the yes. first five-step process. But it can be but, done in the space of 10, 20, 30 minutes, Harms. I mean, I've seen people make a decision. You did it. You, yeah. In fact, you're a classic example. Holy shit. I stood there in front of 100 people in a room, everybody, and there's this, and I still remember where you were sat. So I'm standing, if you remember this, you were sat off to the right of me from memory. So you were sat there close to the front, and I was doing an offer, I think it's to do with the first person that makes a commitment to coming through to these and this is like five six years ago these courses you're going to get direct I'll, I'll give you my phone number and i'll actually meet with you wasn't it was it an offer to me yeah and the, i think it was the first couple of people i'll actually physically meet with you yeah which you know i'd never done before so you literally i could see your eyes and you just acted didn't you even though i'm, I'm guessing at the time at your age you had negative people around you you just you just acted correct it just acted and and if i look back at that time i was almost processing this but you know with practice as well it happens in an instant so this can happen in 10 minutes it can happen in 20 minutes but it can also happen in that instance you just got to add that additional part which is speak to people who walk the path that you want to walk not people who haven't and i think the difference for you was you acted and then we spoke and the conviction got completely consolidated so that no matter what anybody said to you it was a done deal as far as you were concerned. And that's Absolutely. a nice phrase yeah. to use, actually, is when you've got negative people talking to you, but you believe in what you're saying, just remind yourself, it's a done deal. That's it. It's a done deal. You're doing it anyway. Absolutely. So I think that's a great way to end today's podcast. It is a done deal. This nice. has been a mega podcast. And I, th I think it's rightly so, because this is something that either people can brush off, but worst case is it slows them down or it stops them fulfilling their potential, living out their dreams, walking the path that they want to walk simply because somebody else affected them. So remember the biggest, I mean, the biggest takeaway, you've got the process now, five-step process on how to deal with people in a rapid form, but also in a form that you can embed into your life. So what I'm going to say that now on dealing with negative people is a done deal for you listening at home. So on that note, that's myself and Rose signing out. 
Remember, as always, the show notes will be at growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. And whilst we have the weekend open and there are seats available, come join us at the Growth Tribes meetup. You'll find that information at growthtribes.com or you would have received it in your inbox. So that's myself and Ro signing out. We'll see you on the next one. Hello, it's Dr. Rowe here. Harms and I would both like to personally thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Growth Tribes. And if you've gained just one insight, something positive that you're able to use on a personal level, on a professional level, to help your life, maybe even other people's lives, then we'd love it if you could take action on one of the following things. You can either simply subscribe so you don't miss out on any other great insights coming up in the future, You can share this podcast with close friends so they can also get the benefits of the tips and tools that we're sharing. Or it would be amazing if you could give us a review and let others know just how great this episode was. And finally, if you do have a question, don't forget to submit it on growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. Thank you again for listening. This is Dr. Rowan Harm signing out and we'll see you again on the next podcast.